You're listening to the Wisdom Within Podcast, a journey into vulnerability, authenticity, and trusting your intuition. My name is Zoe, and my greatest passion is to support people in uncovering and celebrating who they really are. I believe the world will be a better place when we stop being other people and start being ourselves. Join me here for reflections, conversations, and guidance, all with the goal of helping you to place ultimate trust in who you are, where you are going, and why you are here. It's time to return to yourself. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Wisdom Within podcast. I am Zoe Grayman. I am an intuitive coach and a healer, and I am back today, this week, to talk with you all about something very close to my heart, a really um, exciting topic for me to talk about. I'm going to talk about Burning Man. I am headed back to the playa for the second time later this week, and it seemed like a really good opportunity to share with you all a little bit about Burning Man, a little bit about how it came into my life and how it has totally transformed my life and why I'm headed back. Um, So yeah, I'm really excited to dive into this topic. But first, as always, I'm going to start by leading us in a short grounding and centering meditation. So If you are able to close down your eyes, go ahead and do so now. And just take a couple of nice, long, deep breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth. Just arriving into this space, arriving into your seat or If you're standing, just coming into your body, being here. And take a moment to call all of your energy and your awareness and your attention back to you. And as you do that, notice where that energy is being pulled back from. So where are you spending a lot of your time focusing your attention? And don't judge it, just notice it. Tuck that information away for a later time. Continuing to focus on your breath, breathing deeply in through the nose and out through the mouth. And just relax. Just relax and let this time be for you. So take a couple more deep breaths. And when you're ready, 
tell your body that it's coming out of meditation and go ahead and open your eyes. Awesome. I have to admit, it was harder for me to even walk you all through that just because I'm so excited to dive into our topic today and start talking about Burning Man. Uh, it was hard for me to be patient through that. So thank you for, for listening and participating in that meditation. So yeah, like I mentioned, um, last year I went to Burning Man for the first time ever. And this year I'm headed back again for the second time. I'm leaving later this week, probably Friday of this week. And I wanted to share my experience and how it has changed my life. So first off, if you aren't familiar with Burning Man, um, I wanted to give a little bit of background information on what exactly it is. And I thought the best way to do that would be to pull the words straight from their literature. So this is just a couple short sentences pulled from their website and, and some other materials that they have because I think that the organization itself um, really knows how to describe it best. So once a year, tens of thousands of people gather in Nevada's beautiful, remote, and inhospitable Black Rock Desert to create Black Rock City, a temporary metropolis dedicated to community, art, self-expression, and self-reliance. Burning Man is not a festival. It is an event, a community, and a global cultural movement. In this crucible of creativity, all are welcome. I just love that sentence, crucible of creativity. It's beautiful. Um, and Burning Man, the Burning Man Project, is based on 10 foundational principles that really are the center of everything. Everything revolves around these 10 principles. And um, I'm going to touch on those a little bit later in the episode because I want to spend some more time on them because they're so important. So now I'll talk a little bit about um, my own experience and circumstances and, and my own call to go. And I really do believe, as many others that I've spoken with believe, that Burning Man calls to you. If you are meant to go, you will hear the call. And when you are meant to be there, you will get a ticket and be there. And if it's uh, something that feels really forced or it's not coming together, it's probably a sign that you're not meant to be there this year yet. The time will come when it's supposed to come. But anyway, that time came for me last year. And my familiarity with Burning Man really started with um, my sister, my older sister. Um, she is 17 years older than me, so she's had quite a bit more life experience than I have. And she has been going to Burning Man for a long time. I'm not sure exactly how long I should ask her, but it's got to be at least 15 years or so. Um, she's been going since it was a much smaller event. They burned the effigy of the man on like bales of hay. And now they have these incredibly ornate structures that all kinds of artists and designers uh, vie to be chosen to create the base for the man. So anyway, it's changed a lot in the time that she's been going. But that's where I first learned about it. And up until last year, I really never um, thought much about it. You know, I knew it was a thing. It sounded kind of cool, like a cool party or whatever. But um, it wasn't something that really spoke to me until I met my partner, Dan. And Dan has been to 
I believe four burns now this year. We're going together again. This year will be his fifth year. Um, But he spoke so beautifully and passionately about it. And maybe I'll have him on the podcast at some time soon to talk about his experience with it because his call to go to Burning Man was especially unique, the circumstances around that. Um, But anyway, he spoke really beautifully about it. And I could see in his eyes and in his energy how much it had changed his life. And I think he had a desire for me to experience that as well. And, you know, I was sort of uh, his excitement was infectious. And I'd also been harboring this idea that I wasn't cool enough to go to Burning Man. Like somehow you had to be really cool or like, I don't even know how to describe it, but I just felt like I wasn't at that level. I wasn't cool enough or in enough to go. And, you know, what I would come to find out later is like that's the total opposite (laughs) attitude of the energy of Burning Man. It's so inclusive and accepting of absolutely everyone in every, you know, stage of their life. But anyway, so he got me excited about it and we thought about going and the ticket process for Burning Man is really intense. Um, they, it, you know, the tickets go on sale a few months ahead of time and they usually sell out within a couple of minutes. You have to be like online, ready to go to get the tickets and you have to register for the ticket sale ahead of time. And, you know, we hadn't really been thinking about it that far in advance. So um, we missed the boat to register for the main ticket sale. Um, and I was kind of, you know, holding the idea of going with a very loose grip. I was kind of like, okay, if I go, cool. If not, it's fine. Like we'll find something else fun to do Labor Day week. Not a big deal. Um, And they have, Burning Man has a last minute ticket sale called the OMG sale that happens like a month in July, like a month before the event um, where you can have a chance to get last minute tickets. But it's just as difficult, if not more so, to get those tickets than in the main sale because it's a smaller number of them and they always sell out really quickly as well. So, you know, we got online, got ready to get in the queue to get tickets and um, just kind of like left it up to the universe. I was like, I would really love to go. I really want to be there. If I'm meant to be there, I'll get these tickets. If not, you know, that's okay. And I think holding it with that light touch and that loose grip um, really came in handy because anytime we grasp too tightly to something it tries to wiggle away from us but anyway we ended up getting tickets in that sale there's only I think there were only like 2,000 available and Burning Man I think there's 75 to 80,000 people that go every year so it's a really small limited number of tickets but we got two of them which was amazing so all of a sudden I went from yeah maybe I don't know to oh god we're leaving in like three weeks (laughs) And there's an insane amount of preparation that goes into the Burning Man experience. Um, And yeah, I'll talk a little bit more about that. So the tickets themselves are quite expensive. Um, And then, you know, you need to bring absolutely everything that you will need to survive in an inhospitable desert environment for eight days. There's the only things that are provided at Burning Man that you can pay for are ice and coffee. That's it. Everything else you have to bring yourself to support yourself. So that means all of your water, all of your food, all of your shade structure, clothing, 
bathroom supplies, what anything you can think of that you would need in eight days in the desert, you have to provide for yourself. So it's a giant checklist, a giant checklist of items that you need to collect. And I mean, we spent, you know, once we got those tickets, we spent several days of the week for the next three weeks, like going out and buying things and starting to pack them up. And that's part of what makes Burning Man so magical, though, is how much goes into preparing for it. Like it's not for the faint of heart, (laughs) you know, and I think when you go there, your experience is heightened and deepened by like knowing what it took for you to get there and knowing how invested you are in being there. Like that definitely amplified my experience because you have to be really dedicated to it. And, you know, it's not for everybody. <sighs> so, you know, we once we get to Burning Man, um, my experience was, I mean, there's a reason I'm dedicating a whole episode to it. It was life-changing and mind-blowing. And if you've talked to anyone about Burning Man, they could probably talk your ear off about it for a while. So I'll try to keep this uh, not too long and, you know, not too stream of consciousness and have it make sense. But a couple things that stick out to me about the experience, um, the first of which is there's such a high contrast to the experience at Burning Man. And what I mean by that is you can experience the lowest lows you've ever felt. And then you can experience the highest highs you've ever felt. And for me, that happened on the same day, like within a few hours of each other, in the middle of the week on a Wednesday, I had a really, really challenging experience, like nothing I've ever experienced before. And then I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to make it out that night. You know, there was a a party, a gathering that I had been really wanting to go to, but I wasn't sure if like my heart could take it, if I could even leave my tent. Anyway, I made the decision to go. I ended up, you know, getting my shit together and said, okay, I'm done being, you know, upset and feeling these low feelings. I'm going to go. I want to have this experience of this night. And I ended up having the best night of the entire week, one of the best nights of my entire life. So that's just a microcosm of the entire experience of Burning Man. It's like, it's it's just such a contrast. It really is. And then the contrast is felt in other ways too. So even in the climate, like you're in the desert. So during the day, it can be, you know, 100 degrees. The sun is blazing down on you. And then at night when the sun goes down, it's like 40 degrees. Everyone's wearing, you know, giant fur coats and boots and the, you know, the sunrise and the sunset. And there's like quiet, um, introspective moments. And then there's like loud, intense, like blaring speakers. And ah, the contrast of the whole thing, it just gives it this vibrancy and this like otherworldly feeling that I don't think can really be recreated anywhere else. I can't imagine. Like it, it's just the perfect conditions for that experience to take place. And, you know, the, the vibrancy also comes from the people who participate and the art that they bring. So Burning Man is also 
a hub for some really unbelievable art and free expression. So, I mean, there's people from all walks of life that come to Burning Man and they're free to express themselves in their the most authentic way. And often that those ways are not deemed acceptable by normal society or what a lot of people in the Burning Man community might call the default world. So people like there's a lot of people walking around naked. There's people walking around in like the craziest outfits I've ever seen. Some like gorgeous people who look like they walked right out of a magazine. Then there's like totally like normal like moms and dads and grandpas and people bring their kids and it's just all walks of life and everyone regardless of where they're at is free to express themselves however they choose. And that's one of the principles of Burning Man is is radical self-expression radically showing up as who you are and unafraid to do that. And that just really adds to the beauty of it all. Um, You know, another thing that really stuck out to me from the experience was the level of creativity. And it was just creativity for creativity's sake. People weren't creating art for profit. You know, again, there's no decommodification is a number is another one of the 10 principles. There's no like buying and selling or marketing of your goods there. It's all just it's creativity with in the heart of sharing. It's I saw that people pour their heart and soul into a piece of art, a creative expression that was authentic to to them simply to share it. And to watch others be able to experience it and engage in it. And that really blew my mind. (laughs) Like I'm a very, at least historically in my life, a very practical person. And so when I think about, I mean, you know, obviously people do art as hobby, but, you know, my next thought would be like, okay, well, do you sell that? Like, how do you make money on that? How do you market that? And just the being surrounded by so many people who were making art just for the sake of making art and expressing themselves was like, holy shit, (laughs) there's something really beautiful about this. And, you know, in the same vein, seeing people express themselves, radical self-expression and creativity that comes from their heart, I was able to see other people really in their power like really owning their truth, owning who it is they wanted to be. Um, at, at Burning Man, a lot of people adopt what are called playa names. So, um, you know, they'll adopt another name to go by while they're on playa. And in, in some ways, it's adopting another persona. Um, I think in many ways, it's taking on a persona that is really even truer to you than what you may feel comfortable expressing in the default world. So yeah, seeing other people in their power, owning it, and in a variety of circumstances. I mean, I saw so many like beautiful women dancing in the wind and in the sunset and I I mean, (laughs) words, if you can't tell, I'm like a little speechless. I'm I'm having a hard time finding the words that truly encapsulate what a deep transformative thing it was to witness that 
but seeing other people in their power and like owning like a lot of people spin fire there right or they do like fan dancing or like crazy amazing dance again no words (laughs) but watching people do that and show up in that way gave me so much permission to do that myself in a way that I had never felt before I think you know, this this world in many ways can feel very limiting. At least for me, I definitely fell into the trap of, you know, shoulds and supposed to, as I talked about those in, in episode two, but um, what I should be doing, what I'm supposed to be doing, what's expected of me. And Burning Man was an opportunity to realize like, oh, this this life is mine and I need to lean into my personal power and own it and seeing how beautiful it was when other people did that, it helped me see that it was going to be beautiful when I chose to do that too. So being a witness and a participant in that, it, you know, it made me feel more comfortable exploring myself, my interests, um, you know, both on the playa and once I got home. I'll talk more about some of the um, exciting work I've been doing and trainings that I've been going through uh, in the last year. But a lot of those, I don't think I would have ever been able to open up to them if I hadn't gone to Burning Man. It really blew my heart wide open and my mind, blew my freaking mind, but blew my heart wide open to the idea that I can follow my curiosities and explore my interests and that that's really my number one job is to do that. And the more I do that, the more clarity I'm going to get, the more things are going to fall into place, the more clear the path in front of me will become. And yeah, Burning Man just helped me see that. And I'm unbelievably grateful. It also, I mean, I got so much from it. It also really helped me with adaptability. I mean, in that kind of environment, you have to be willing to say yes. Say yes and jump in and go with the flow and just see what happens. I mean, you know, there isn't really like a schedule or, or an agenda. It's it's a choose your own adventure kind of place. There's a, there's this idea that some people do and it still scares me a little bit, but when they go to Burning Man, they have what's called a yes day where they start their day and they say yes to everything that comes their way. Every opportunity, every offer, you say yes and you don't say no to anything and just see where the day takes you. And I mean, I think that's a beautiful metaphor for life. Like where can we learn to say yes? I mean, obviously respecting your boundaries and knowing when a no is really necessary, but the idea of just saying yes and being open to what happens, um, that's burning man is like the perfect environment for that because there's so many tiny little beautiful sparkly experiences to be had it's such a massive place there's so many people there's so many places to get lost and absorbed in and to explore and the more you say yes the richer your experience becomes there and you know accepting and surrendering to each of those moments i mean yeah, that's where the magic comes in. So I want to backtrack a little bit and talk about the 10 
foundational principles of Burning Man that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. And those 10 principles in order are radical inclusion, gifting, decommodification, self-reliance, self-expression, communal effort, civic responsibility, leaving no trace, participation, and immediacy. And I'm not going to, you know, read each of them word for word because you can pretty easily go online and look them up. But I did want to speak to a couple of them that really stood out to me in my experience when I was there last year. Um, And so the first of which is radical inclusion. So it's this idea that anyone can be a part of Burning Man. You know, the words they use are there's no prerequisites that exist for participation in this community. And, you know, I spoke about this a little bit, but really everyone from all walks of life is there. Nobody is turned away from Burning Man. You know, someone like like your math teacher could be there, like a, a, a you know, Vegas dancer, a kid, a grandfather, a mom, a, you know, like everyone from all walks of life. I can't possibly <laughs> name or include in words what that means, but I think you get the idea. And there was something so beautiful about that. It was like it was like a giant judgment-free zone, you know? No one was you could see the craziest looking person you have ever seen like riding a bike right past you and you don't really think twice about it or do a double take because it's just so accepted there and I haven't found that to be the case to that degree anywhere else in my life it's really really special Um, and then the next principle I wanted to touch on was radical self-reliance and this is the idea that you know each participant in Burning Man needs to rely on his or her their own inner resources And that came up a lot. So, I mean, in preparing for Burning Man, you have to think, like I said before, you have to think of every single thing that you're going to need and know that it's not like there isn't anywhere that you can buy it when you get there. Um, So that meant things like, you know, we had to bring a bike pump in case our tires went flat and you have to bring um, like a like all your water vessels for the week. So, you know, we had a giant 35-gallon water jug that had all of our water for the two of us for a week, but then we needed smaller jugs that we could tie to our bikes. So there, I remember one night very clearly we were, you know, getting everything ready, getting our bikes ready, our outfits together, whatever, for the night. And basically you're leaving camp and you don't know when you're going to be back. Like this is <laughs> this is a 24/7 affair. Like there's no telling what the night has in store for you and when you're going to make it back to camp. So you have to bring all of the water that you think you might need for all of that time and then anything else that you might want to bring so snacks or layers because again, you know, if it's cold at night, if you're out until sunrise it's going to get start getting hot really fast as soon as the sun starts coming up. Um So it's, you really have to be totally prepared. And that, I think, really makes the experience even richer because it's like you are ensuring your own survival. You are making sure that you are thriving in this environment. Um, And that that was a really powerful one for me. 
Um, and then I touched on radical self-expression a little bit before, just with the creativity and seeing people, you know, with their different personas or expressing their true selves in a way that they don't feel comfortable doing in the default world. Um, it's really special. Uh, and then the next principle I wanted to talk about was leaving no trace. So the Burning Man community, the Burning Man project is really committed to respecting the environment and to leaving no physical trace of the gathering whatsoever. So, and there's no trash cans or dumpsters, like it's pack it in, pack it out. So any trash that you create, you have to take out with you. So, and they call it moop, so matter out of place. So you have to make sure that you're not mooping and leaving stuff on the ground um, and making sure that you're carrying every single piece that you came in with out with you. And that also means, you know, being sort of a an ambassador in that way to the land. So, you know, you carry a bag around with you, a moot bag, and anytime you're just biking along or walking around and you see a piece of trash, you pick it up, you collect it and put it in your moot bag. It's like, it's a communal effort to keep the public land that Burning Man happens on like as spotless and, and better than it was when we, you know, better, we leave it better than we found it. Um, and that's really carried out into the rest of my life. I mean, now when I walk around, when I see trash on the ground, I'm like, oh, it's moop, you know, <laughs> gotta pick it up, gotta throw it away. We're all in this together. It's a community effort to keep our planet healthy. And, you know, this leaving no trace principle of Burning Man really brought that home for me. They make a huge effort every year. There's an entire um, contingent of the Burning Man project that does a sweep of the entire area of the desert after everyone leaves they walk in a line side by side for i don't acres and acres and scan for any matter out of place and collect it all to be thrown away and then they create what's called a moop map which um, splits Black Rock City into quadrants and um, each little quadrant is given, I think it's like a green, yellow or red based on how much moop was found there after you leave. And, you know, if there's a certain theme camp who created a ton of moop one year, they likely will be given um, a less desirable placement on the map the following year or they may be kicked off altogether. So... Yeah, they take the leaving no trace incredibly seriously and for good reason. And then the next one I wanted to touch on was participation. So Burning Man, there aren't attendees. Everyone who comes to Burning Man is a participant. Burning Man doesn't book acts. They don't like, they don't put up stages it's not it's not a festival so they don't like produce big stages and book acts and everyone who comes is participating of their own volition and they're there to share and contribute in their own way and so if each person isn't showing up ready to contribute and to participate then Burning Man doesn't exist so participation is incredibly important and that means on the individual level, the group level, and then as a community, as a whole, part of the, I'm, I'm reading the 10 principle now, part of the description they have for participation is we achieve being through doing. So your, the fullness of your experience, 
you know, only comes into being, only happens and expands in proportion to how much you do to participate. We make the world real through actions that open the heart. So your participation, your action at Burning Man is what opens your heart to the experience. It deepens your experience. And then the last principle, and this was the one that really just like cut to the core of me more than any of the others during my experience, and that was immediacy. And I want to read this one in its entirety because I think it's so important and so reflective, not just of the Burning Man experience, but just the finite nature of life itself, like being a human being is fleeting. And anyway, let me read this to you. Immediate experience is, in many ways, the most important touchstone of value in our culture. We seek to overcome barriers that stand between us and a recognition of our inner selves, the reality of those around us, participation in society, and contact with a natural world exceeding human powers. No idea can substitute for this experience. So just let that sink in for a minute. No idea can substitute for this experience. Immediacy, what we have in front of us, this present moment, is all we have. That's all we have. I mean, this moment has just passed. And now this moment has just passed. And it's like the future is becoming the present so quickly. And the present becomes the past instantaneously. And we have to be aware and in it and present for it. Or it just passes us by. And... That's true everywhere in life and in everything, but in Burning Man, it's so pronounced because the city arises out of nothingness in a matter of days, right? All of this art goes up, these camps get set up, people arrive, tents go up, and there's art cars and bikes and lights and art installations, and the the man is built and the temple is built, and all of that arises out of nothingness. And then it's enjoyed, it's explored throughout the week. And then at the end of the week, it's all, it all, it all gets taken down. It's all gone. And then there's no trace. We leave no trace. So it's like it never happened. And the immediacy of that experience is, I mean, intense is really the only word I can come up with to describe it right now. But, um, and one particular thing that really stuck out to me about it was uh so the man I talked a little bit about the base of the man and how it's like a big um architectural structure that's created to support the man which is burned on um on the Saturday every week and the day before the man burns they have to quarantine the area right so they have to keep it safe because there's a shit ton of explosives and fireworks that go into burning the man and so you only have a few days to get up on this structure and explore around the man and be involved in that experience and you know the first few days of the week I would ride by the man and be like oh okay yeah you know the man's there. I'll do that later. I'll get to that later. I'll go up on that, like climb around the structure or whatever. I'll, I'll get to it. And then Friday came around and it was closed off and I no longer had the opportunity to go check it out. And like, that was it. There, <laughs> there was, there was no other time for me to experience. It was going to be burned the next day. And so I had 
immediacy had taken care of that there. Like I had missed the opportunity to have that experience. And that like really sent the idea of immediacy home to me. Um, and then just the idea that like so much of the art by the end of the week is burned. So if you missed seeing it and checking it out when you were like maybe riding by it from a distance on your bike, you're like, oh, that looks interesting, but I'll come see it tomorrow. You know, if you don't seize the opportunity in the moment, it literally like it's gone, (laughs) slips through your fingertips and it's gone. And there's a grief around that for certain like there was a grieving that happened when I realized how temporary and fleeting the entire Burning Man experience was but that's also what made it so special and that's like that carries into life that's what makes life so special is that we'll never be here in this exact moment again never again and so we have to be present for it and enjoy it and surrender to it while we're here I could go I could go on and on and on <laughs> about Burning Man. It's it holds such a special place in my heart. This year my sister is going to be there again. My little brother is going to be there. He was there with me last year for my first burn and I'm so thrilled and honored to be able to, you know, share that with both of them again this year and to share it with my partner Dan and I'm really excited to have my own individual experience there. Last year, I think I had no idea what was going on and I was really nervous and didn't know where anything was and was just like totally mind blown that I really um, relied on other people to like figure out where I was going or what to do next. And what I'm really looking forward to this year is like having some solo time, at least a full solo day where I can just ride around and say yes to everything that comes my way and and just deepen into my own personal experience. And I'm excited to see where that takes me. Um, But I'm also excited to share it with the people that I love and the people that I have yet to meet that I will undoubtedly love. And it's going to be a beautiful experience. I will, I'm going to plan to um, do an episode with some reflections on the experience uh, from this year, from 2019. So stay tuned for that. It take, may take me a little while to collect my thoughts and um, make sure that I can articulate everything that happens in a coherent uh, and impactful way. But that is my intention to be able to come back and shed a little light on my experience and, and share it with all of you. So uh, we'll go ahead and call that good for today's episode. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. Um, And I did want to mention, if you are interested in following along with my journey and hearing a little bit, um, some smaller snippets of wisdom and information and and goings on in my life, go ahead and give me a follow on Instagram. I am at Zoe Grayman, so Z-O-E-G-R-A-M-A-N. That is my online home for the moment, and I would love to connect with you over there. And I guess I need to start doing this. It feels weird. It feels weird to even say this, but if you feel called to subscribe, uh, to rate and review this podcast, I would be forever grateful and so honored to connect with you in that way. So thank you in advance if that is something you're interested in doing. 
All right, my beautiful friends, I love you so much. I will see you on the other side of this Burning Man experience. I hope you have a beautiful couple of weeks and a wonderful Labor Day holiday, and I will talk to you soon.